Bug Jargal by Victor Hugo, Chapter 44 I was longing to be alone with Pierrot. His embarrassment when I had questioned him as to the fate of Marie, the ill-concealed tenderness with which he had dared to pronounce her name, had made those feelings of hatred and jealousy which had sprung up in my heart take far deeper root than at the time I saw him bearing away through the flames of Fort Gallifrey, her whom I could scarcely call my wife. What did I care for the generous indignation with which he had reproved the cruelties of Biasu, the trouble which he had taken to preserve my life, and the curious manner which marked all his words and actions? What cared I for the mystery that appeared to envelop him, which brought him living before my eyes when I thought I had witnessed his death? Which proved him to be a prisoner of the white troops when I believed that he lay buried in the depths of the Grande Riviere? Which changed this slave to a highness, the prisoner to a liberator? Of all these incomprehensible things, the only one which was clear to me was that Marie had been carried off a crime to punish, an outrage to avenge. However strange were the events that had passed under my eyes, they were not sufficient to shake my determination, and I had waited with impatience for the moment when I could compel my rival to explain all. That moment had at last arrived. We had passed through the crowds of Negroes, who cast themselves on the ground as we passed, and exclaimed in tones of surprise, a miracle! He is no longer a prisoner! But whether they referred to Pierrot or to me, I did not know. We had gained the outskirts of the camp. As the rocks and trees concealed our view, we lost sight of Biasu's outposts. Rask, in good humor, ran before and then behind. Pierrot followed with rapid strides. I suddenly stopped him. Listen to me, cried I. It is useless to go any farther. The ears that you dreaded can no longer listen to us. Speak. What have you done with Marie? Concentrated emotion made my voice tremble. He gazed upon me, kindly. Always the same question, said he. Yes, always, returned I, furiously. Always. I will put that question to you as you draw your last breath or as I utter my last sigh. Where is Marie? Can nothing, then, drive away your doubts of my loyalty? You shall know all soon. Soon, monster, repeated I. It is now that I want to know. Where is Marie? Where is Marie? Do you hear? Answer, or stake your life against mine. Defend yourself. I have already told you answered he, sadly, that that is impossible. The stream will not struggle against its source. My life, which you have three times saved, cannot contend against yours. Besides, even if I wished it, the thing is impossible. We have but one dagger between us. As he spoke, he drew the weapon from his girdle and offered it to me. Take it, said he. I was beside myself. I seized the dagger and placed the point on his breast. He never attempted to move. "'Wretch!' cried I. "'Do not force me to murder you. I will plunge this blade into your heart if you do not at once tell me where my wife is.' 
he replied without anger. You are the master. I implore you with clasped hands to grant me one hour of life and to follow me. You doubt him who thrice has owed his life to you and whom you once called brother? But listen, if in one hour you still doubt me, you shall be at liberty to kill me. That will be time enough. You see that I do not attempt to resist you. I conjure you in the name of Maria, he added slowly, of your wife. Give me but another hour, I beg of you, not for my sake, but for yours. His voice had an intonation very soft and persuasive. Something seemed to warn me that what he said was true, that it was not interest of his life that had given to his voice this penetrating tenderness, this supplicating sweetness, but that he pleaded for me and not for himself. I yielded to that secret ascendancy which he exercised over me, and of which at that time I should have blushed to have confessed. Come, said I slowly, I will grant you one hour. I will follow you. And I offered him his dagger. No, answered he, keep it. You still distrust me. But come, let us lose no time. 